When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Alice, it must be like, I mean, you could tell me, it must be like tantric sex. So what's that thing you do? What's that thing that you that you <laughs> what? That thing where you take like um, Xanax and then have sex, whatever. It's a very millennial thing, Gen X. I don't know. Okay, but I think you're supposed to put off the the pleasure, and then once you get, I don't know about it either. I don't. I haven't taken anything. Okay. But um, I think that's what it was like doing my program today because I was so sick, and I am. I am still. I want you guys to know I am heroic. <laughs> but I'm effed up. But thankfully, I've had this cocktail here, so I'm... Um, not all day. What do you mean? You said I've had this cocktail here. No, no, no. Uh, just uh, for the last few minutes or whatever. But um, yeah. but all the kids have a stomach bug, and it's all disgusting. And so I got the adult version, which is somewhat different, but still terrible. Everything aching, etc. And uh, it was good luck that we was, I was broadcasting from here, because it's literally a bed right there, so I could live. <laughs> I had good... I good seven and a half minutes at the top of the hour to lie down which felt nice and I actually did mm-hmm. some of the uh, uh, one segment while lying down with this with this thing but I was worried that I would just fall into a slumber well and yeah and I've been doing insane amounts of laundry and cleaning up after the three kids who've been throwing up since Sunday between the three of them so I, are you talking directly into that microphone I, I now I am <laughs> Okay, let's make sure we do, because okay. it, or else it, you just kind of mutter away there. You know what? I'll <laughs> talk directly wow. into the microphone. Hi. Wow. It's only been two years. This is excellent. No, no, but, but that's, that's fine. But, but, but I, So, shout out to Morgan, who's also in Vermont and has been cleaning up kids up, um, who let us know that after our Sunday show. Oh, really? Morgan, a nod to the Morgan horse of Vermont. Do you know that else? Well, I don't know if that's who Morgan's named after. Do you but... know the Morgan horse? It's a Vermont mm-hmm. horse. Um, so... So I'm glad. I hope everybody's feeling better. Yeah, Morgan. everybody feel better. But here's the thing: is that so? I was just so, um, I was just so um, looking forward to three o'clock for four hours, thinking, "Oh my God, I'm going to be able to lie down." 
mm-hmm. and just melt away into a bed. And uh, and it, what's wrong? What's wrong? What do you need me to do? No. I'll, no. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Where are you going? Where's everybody going? He needs me to help him. No, don't touch any cameras, please. What do you need, buddy? Hey. There's three brothers down there, and nobody's gonna help him except me. So. What do you need, Cyril? I'll come help you. Come on. What does he need? Nothing you want to talk oh. about on the ship. Okay. Did you throw up? I don't know exactly, but I know it's not something. That's why he's not saying anything. Okay. Okay. It's no problem. This happens. This happens to Rogan all the time. <laughs> okay. Um. So. So anyway, that's enough. Of my bitching and moaning, confessing about. Feeling sick, but what I was saying is I was just so looking forward to delayed that the idea of getting to lie down afterwards. You guys know you've all been sick before, and it's just oh god, great thing. So I did get to lie down for a while, got to hang out, listen to some podcasts, do all that stuff. But it's one of those things when you're sick or whatever this flu is, whatever this thing where where like you're kind of off put by everything going on, everything you've been doing the last forty eight hours. Like I'm off put by. The uh, taste of the coffee by the sound of uh, the current events and podcasts I hear, you know, just kind of makes you feel uh, just too much. It's one of those things that this bug just makes everything look cruddy. But uh, I actually had this in 1984, I think, when I had a, a the flu or whatever for like 72 hours. And my brother and I watched uh, The Outsiders like 63 times in a row. And I was just like, Ugh. and I still now associate it with that horrible feeling. It's like a pony boy. Uh, I would do it for pony boy. Nobody starts a rumble without me. And the, the, oh, my God. Okay, so maybe I'm hallucinating. But so the day started with, um, for news wise, with the Zelensky address to Congress. And. The guy is good. He is definitely good. It was well orchestrated. First, he came on, talked about 9-11, Martin Luther King, all that stuff. And then, I don't mean to minimize it. I realize those are big things. But um, but um, but then, he threw to a video uh, package that just showed the death and destruction happening in Ukraine, including featuring many little children and babies who were dead, dying, or or just states of duress. And it was, it was a really emotional teal, tearjerker. And then he came back on after the he took it back from the, the video afterwards and then spoke in his broken English, which really makes the plea uh, impassioned and personal. And that's really where his talents came in. And it was uh, like a kind of a Viva Ukrainian moment at the end. And everybody stood and, he, and they gave him a, a, a standing ovation for a long time. This is he addressed Congress and. You know, it, it it reminds me of just how important it is that he's a performer. Because if you've seen a play, uh, you know, if an actor gets an especially has an especially good performance and gets a rousing applause at the end, the actor will demure to the audience and just show appreciation and heartfelt appreciation, etc. And I saw uh, Zelensky doing that like an actor would. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Heartfelt thank you so much. And I thought, man, here we go. So I definitely think, even though Biden has... Um, has been tepid, fairly tepid, and really hitting the gas on engaging those guys. I think Zelensky did as good a job as could have been done today um, to move the needle in, in the hearts and minds of the American people. Um, he are, we are sending him armed drones, so that's something. 
And uh, he, he, at the end of the presser, I'm sorry, at the end of Biden's presser today, he did not take the idea that we'd work with the polls to do that MIG thing off the table. So that's kind of alive. So there you go. But I am, I am, and it's interesting, I am worried that we as a culture, and much like we were affected by COVID and by 20 to the George Floyd stuff and all of this stuff, I am worried that we have, as as a culture are wrapping our collective American minds around committing to a war with the Russians. I think that we're, you look at all of these narratives and it sets up, it sets up a, a thought exercise that you can't um, disentangle yourself from if you want to be consistent about oppression around the world, about, um, about uh, you know, the, the evil uh, Russians and all this stuff. And I think, I mean, just look at all the, the congressmen today. They were absolutely into it. People, it's a feel-good story. People want to believe in this guy. Mm-hmm. Putin bad, Zelensky good. Um, and it's easy to say, hey, we're sending UAVs with arms to fly through the air and roast uh, Russians on the ground. Why wouldn't we send planes? And then from why wouldn't we send planes? Well, then why wouldn't we use anti-aircraft uh, installations that are manned by NATO troops or American troops? Because mm-hmm. it's just another nudge, and that's defensive, right? I mean, it's almost a good thing that Putin, because I don't think we want to be committing to a full war, because I don't know what's in that guy's mind. I don't know if he says, you know what, forget it, it's the end of the Soviet dream, fire off the nukes, which I'm sure about one out of 50 would actually work, but still, that's devastating. That's enough, yeah. Sure. So, so my, it's like, in this case, because the the winds of enthusiasm of the world are blowing Zelensky's direction, it might actually be advantageous that Biden's an old stubborn husk and that he doesn't seem to be rah-rah into this. It actually might be, um, it might be advantageous for us at this moment that Putin is setting um, acceptable guidelines and his own little red lines of what, what we can do and what we can't do. Um, because I'm afraid that the global community or the global mob is starting to get excited. Well, right. And if we had President Kamala Harris, who's completely prone to the the winds of social media change, then, you know, then we would probably already be at war with Russia because President Kamala Harris would have been like, yes, hashtag close the sky. And mm-hmm. we would already be in an open conflict with Russia. Yeah, I think that's very possible. And I don't know that it's sound uh, global policy that so far has kept us, um, you know, at least somewhat tethered to uh, limitations. But I'm glad that we're not jumping right in. I am for giving the polls, the, the, having the polls to the MIGs, send them the MIGs. And I think Zelensky actually has, when he mentions that we should be a new global um, constituency or new global coalition mm-hmm. that is bigger and different than NATO, which is clever, that um, there could be something to that. If we had the opportunity to wax Putin here and drive these people out with 
with no real downside, mm-hmm. I'd be all for that. I mean, I think it's an interesting... I thought Zelensky's argument was interesting because the upshot of the argument, at least to me, like what my major takeaway was, was he was making essentially a philosophical argument that that countries shouldn't be allowed to gobble up other countries by conquest. Right. Any other country. So, you know, a country can't come in and decide to take over another country, which is really, I mean, it. I think that's generally like pretty much people feel that that's wrong nowadays, you know, Mm -hmm. imperialism and conquest and stuff like that. I I think there's a general, you know, sort of consensus on that, that that's not the right thing. But it's also interesting to me because that that is absolutely out of step with the entirety of human history, right? Is that countries have always conquered other countries by conquest. And the people who did it were considered big heroes and great. I mean, like, what do people think the Roman Empire was or the Russian Empire or the state of Germany or really the United States? I I mean, parts of which are arguably conquests, which is like... I don't think the state of Germany has won World War War II very well. No, no, no. I'm not saying they won World War II. I'm saying they used to... No, worn it well. I'm not saying World War II is their war of conquest. I'm saying the fact that there is a Germany was a bunch of little kingdoms conquering each other Mm -hmm. and consolidating into a bigger state, right? Like, there's been all kinds of wars of conquest through history. And, like, yeah, we don't, we haven't generally done that for the last century or so. But that's, like, that's the exception, not the rule, right? And I think that... I mean, like, that's nice if we're all changing this to, like, a new international norm but i think there are people out there who are not playing by that norm right like putin or sure. g or whoever right like i think there's a bunch of countries and a bunch of them like in the middle east too right who believe that the way that you increase your power in the world is by conquering other countries and making them part of your country whether they want you to or not and that's well, i mean and, like well in us who that's not this it would believe rationally Mm-hmm. Because they don't have the luxuries that we have, you know. They don't. They can't power the, you know, their country out of Stanford, California, like we can. Mm-hmm. You know, so we do have a privilege in the United States where we don't have to intercede really into other territories and grab stuff, et cetera, or at least with arms in a blunt force way that looks bad on TV. Well, and at least nowadays, certainly. Right nowadays, I mean, like- right, we can buy our way in essentially if we need the influence in, over other territories. Right, but I mean, you know, people would argue that, uh, you know, like, the, and and I don't know how fully I agree with that, but that like the way Hawaii became part of the United States was like imperialist and colonialist and mm-hmm. all this stuff. But I mean, fundamentally, that's like that's how countries exist now is mm-hmm. because they did stuff like that to make other countries part of their country, right? And I, I don't know how much human nature changes where like you know an Unless we're really the biggest, toughest kid on the block, I don't see how we can make other countries that don't want to play by those rules play by those rules and be willing to back it up. And, like, we're going to back it up for every country in the world that decides it wants to fight another country? I don't know. I you think know? there's a difference between that and what we're seeing from the from the Russians here. I, I, I mean, in, like, in, is what uh, Putin's doing to Ukraine, like, fundamentally, philosophically different than, like, what Caesar did to Gaul? Um, yes, in the sense that there, this is a public conflict, that the entire globe can see this unfold. Two, I think that with the, with mechanized warfare and technology now, 
that things are bigger, quicker, faster, louder, and more brutal than uh, ever before. Um, I mean, I don't think they were nicer back no, then. No, I know there was heads on pikes then. I understand. Um, but but I kind of feel like that at some point, at some point for all Western nations now, for all mm-hmm. Western nations, we've decided that you're not allowed to just go grab a woman and rape her and you know have your way with her and say, oh, suck to be you. Sorry, I'm... Yeah. And we've, I think we've evolved. We've, we've come together. We've... We aspire mm-hmm. towards a better decency and and more yeah. civilized society. True. And so I think that we look at this and say, well, we don't have to compare ourselves to the Romans. We look at ourselves and say, we can compare ourselves to just modern uh, values, Judeo-Christian values. And well, right. And I, but the thing is, I think that like we can have our modern values in our country and like maybe the countries around us or something. But you know, we don't we don't try and stop rape in every other country in the world. We try and stop rape in this country because that's our values and, like, we don't believe that that's right, right? Right. We're not out here convicting people of rape in Ghana because it's not, like, our job and, like, we're not in control of that. So I guess what I'm asking is, like, I mean, like, I, these are our modern values and, like you say, much of which is a Judeo-Christian innovation that that came, like, post Roman Empire, but was still like practiced through much of the world long after that, right? But this this is a modern idea, this idea that it's like not right to just go take other states if you can, mm-hmm. right? And and I mean, like I agree with that modern idea because I'm a modern person, but I don't, you know, I think there are people out there like Putin who don't agree mm-hmm. with it. You, he, and, he's not wearing pants. So- and I don't know to what extent to what extent it's our job to make everybody else in the world uphold every modern notion that we have. What's going on, buddy? You need mommy? You need mommy? Okay, I'm coming. Okay, come on. Um, and yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. And, and I also do think that people look at Ukraine and look at what's going on in the street, and there are taxi cabs, and there are little um, cell phone stores, and there are daycares where. Where they push the kids out in little trains full of uh, kid holders, like they do in Faneuil Hall and any other place, and you you look at the this peaceful people, and they're going and the Russians are going in with military uh, assets and just murdering them, and well they are, and you can say it's a matter of uh, strategy, et cetera, et cetera, and maybe it is, but this is for these people who are highly westernized. These people play Roblox probably against my kids. They're not used to this. They're not. This is a, a transgression on them that is brutal and should be unacceptable now in this day and age. There's no doubt. We shouldn't be killing children. And listen, I understand the larger conversations of of uh, casualties, etc., and other American adventures that we've had. And I'm, I get it. I'm right there with you. I know how that it happens and it's part of war. Um, But... We should not be lauding it. We shouldn't be encouraging it. And we do things, and I still believe, even though my faith in institutions in this country has been shaken to the ground, I I still do believe that we are a, or we strive to be a more moral country whenever possible. Um, as far as other stuff going on, let's see, one second, I got some notes here. We didn't want to spend too much on 
on Ukraine because it's just everybody's been talking about it all day and it's just it just, it just doesn't uh it's been too much it's been too much um but let's see get over here notes where are you where are you notes do 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 here we go messages uh, <sighs> Alishetic. By the way, thanks for your nice uh, correspondence. Uh, United and Indivisible. Yes, I did know that my birthday fell on uh, David Bowie's and Elvis's. Here's another one. Here's um, ABC News. I'm oh, sorry, NBC News. For as long as women have excelled at sports in the modern era, their gender and sexuality have faced fierce scrutiny, historians say. Um, Alice, what, how bad was it? So, um, and they've got a picture of Leah Thomas and two other people. For as long as women have excelled uh, in sports in the modern era, their gender and sexuality have faced fierce scrutiny, historians say. And there's uh, like Chris Everett Lloyd or whatever, or Never Trevorova on the left. In the middle is Leah Thomas, and the right is some uh, woman runner. And and now they're trying to tell us that Leah Thomas is being um, unfairly treated because because he's ostensibly a woman, rather than point out that Leah Thomas is um, the one who is harming women. It's unbelievable. And this it's total, like, this gaslighting campaign that this country has embarked on, and it's nuts. It's, it's nuts. For as long as women have excelled in sports at sports in the modern era, their gender and sexuality have faced fierce scrutiny. First of all, get over it, I would say. Women athletes face scrutiny... And fierce scrutiny. I'm all for women's basketball and women's teams and everything they want to do. I'm all for it. My daughter plays sports. But if you're overly sensitive because nobody pays attention to the WNBA compared to the NBA, well, then lighten up. Sorry, it's too bad. The dudes can jump eight feet in the air, okay? The ladies can't. That's just how it is. Maybe they will someday. But for for this if this thing that, that NBC News Alice has, Leah Thomas. I Tom saw that, yeah. Yes, talking about women being... Uh, unironically talking about how women are being uh, are are at a, get at a disservice. Any time we're propping up men who are pretending to be women, who are competing against women, then that is misogyny, up straight up. Yeah, because essentially you're saying men can be better women than women can. Yes. So I mean that's ultimately like the upshot of the whole thing. Like when you crown a guy a pageant queen for like miss nevada or whatever then you're essentially saying he's a better girl than you are right and i, I almost wonder if there's a new wave of feminism lgbtq us ia feminism whatever mm -hmm. that actually likes this because they will have all new records set all over the place by men we know they're really men mm -hmm. but who they're saying are women so then women can say look how well we're doing see yeah I mean, it's effing insane. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, but that's always been true of the LGBT movement before it had all the Qs and extra letters and stuff. Um, that that it there have been strains of it. There have been parts of the LGBTQ movement that have uh, been, you know, dismissive towards women. I would say. I mean, I think there's even in some of like the callbacks to you know, the 
not to go back to ancient Greece and Rome again, but to that sort of thing, like there's a sense that, I mean, there was a sense among the ancient Greeks that like true love couldn't be between a man and a woman because women were like inferior and sucky mm -hmm. and like, how could you really love one? They were for like having your kids at home and like not really for like, you couldn't really be in love with one. That was like a little extreme. And I think there's strains of, of you know, gay culture that that veer towards that a bit of like not really thinking that there there's a place for women in their lives or in the world really mm. i don't know and i i think about that like when you know pete and jess and Buttigieg put their photos up of them like in hospital gowns on the hospital bed that they probably just kicked some poor woman out of who birthed their children like holding their babies did you see dave rubens having kids yeah. too with a surrogate yeah you see the the messages what messages? Um, one of the messages, uh, Denise McAllister, I think you maybe know her. This is her message to Dave Rubin and his husband, who's also Dave, I think. Uh, to purposely deny a child his or her mother to gratify your need to fill the empty void within caused by your sin and to construct a false family because you have rejected God's holy means to create a real family is nothing less than child abuse. I pray for your repentance. I mean, I might not put that exactly that way. Oh, you think, Alice? I'm not, not sure I, she should be writing uh, Hallmark cards for a living. <laughs> I'm not sure I would put that exactly that way. But I do think that, I, I mean, like, I think it's it's tragic. I think kids, you know, deserve to have a mother and a father. That's, Dave Rubin and, that's his, where I'll leave and his that. husband will be just fine. They'll be They'll great, be great parents. parents. But yes, I think they'll kids, be better than mm -hmm. two people you and I know intimately. I know that. But <laughs> my point is, I think that kids deserve to have a mother. I think that sure, mothers but are important. There's not one in this case. Well, there is one. But she's disinterested in having the kid and wants cash. I mean, maybe. Else, are you suggesting that they just griped the kids? <laughs> that they, that Dave and uh, David went through as if they were no, shopping in the market. No, maybe the kid. Big brown bags and how just do you said, know the, you know what, I'll take that one. How do you know the kid wasn't dis was disinterested in having a mother? Because it seems to me that it would be in a kid's interest to have a mother. Well, it, it's no not that you can't be a great single parent. It's that having a mother is good and having a father is good. They're both good things. And that if you intentionally bring a kid into the world to purposely deprive them of one of those, that that's like not really right. I just don't think it, it is. They're not swiping the kid out of the arms of a mother. The mother has been they transactional. Are, they, yes, the mother's been transactional, but it doesn't mean it's right for the kid. You can't just, you can't, I, I don't understand this idea like, it's okay to sell kids if as you're long as the parent ad pro for abortions is what you're doing. No, I don't. No, mm -hmm. I'm not making an ad for abortions. I believe in adoption, but I believe that having mothers and fathers are both important. Of course, it's transactional, but I don't think they're adopting a child no one wanted. Infant adoptions, they're adopting a child that they, you know, made happen in a in a test tube on purpose to not have a mother. Well, it's going to be, there's a woman who's going to carry the child who's not interested in doing anything more than that. So what do you want? I don't understand. I think that that's wrong to, I mean, like, would you think, for example, there, I mean, there obviously is a lot of people want to adopt infants. Infant adoption is very easy. Mm -hmm. It's older kids that are in the foster system that don't get adopted, which is why people do this. But, you know, but they could adopt if they wanted to an older kid who's not going to be adopted by somebody. Instead, they're 
having someone bring a new kid in the world on purpose to abandon it. It's selling children and it's weird. Like, I couldn't just sell one of our children to a gay couple, right? If I decided I was disinterested in being a parent. (laughs) I'd be willing to listen. (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's like, I find it like weird and like human trafficking-ish. I just, it makes, I find the concept odd. And I'm uncomfortable with like the whole thing of it. I I don't know. That's just, I, I think that intentionally depriving children of a mother, not because like the child was born accidentally, but to like intentionally you know, create children to have to to not have them be raised by a mother and a father is it like it's it's wrong, right? Like obviously there are parents who are great single parents, but I don't think would anybody argue it would that like all things being equal, it's like better not to have a mom or a dad. They this child has two dads. And one may be playing the role of a mom. They, the kid had a mother. Well, the mother's not interested in being part of the scenario, Alice. So? Well, she is interested in the money part of the scenario. Right, right? exactly. Like, so my point is just that one's like intentionally bringing kids into the world to not know a mother, which is, I think, wrong. But. I think you are uh, you should take half a loaf, I would say, Alice. That's what I would say. What do you mean half a loaf? I don't know if I use that right, but I'm, I'm out of my mind right now. But <laughs> <clears throat> okay. I'm not sure what that means in this context. All right, moving on. But, moving, and not, I like okay. everyone, but I, I just, that's... A, I, I don't think the world can convince me that that's, like, great. It's like doing a podcast with Jerry Falwell. Sorry. All I'm... right, Falwell. Anything else uh, now that it, uh, it, or do you have to get back to the Westboro Baptist Church? Do you, can you stay there for a while? How, how can the non-controversial phrase that mothers are important in the lives of their children bring this kind of reaction from you? Because... I didn't even think that was, like, a controversial statement to say kids need their mothers. You are up there with a polyester blue suit saying, and the sodomites will be cast no, down. No, I'm not. I'm not doing yes, anything to anybody. I'm saying that mothers are important to kids. Like, I, sorry. that's. I don't think that's even like a controversial I'll look statement. Into, I'll look into what we can do to take uh, the Dave's kid away from them. Okay, Allison? We'll, we'll kids, rectify the situation. Two kids, yeah. All right. Um, well, I wanted to get to another thing. Uh, when we talk about the intransigence, of this administration in the face of all these challenges. Jennifer Granholm is the best because, as you say, Alice, she says the quiet part out loud. Mm-hmm. Don't you say that? Basically, if the administration or Congress should pursue, you know, a standalone clean energy package or just clearly, you know, that you don't have a lot of time left to get something, a reconciliation right. bill through a Democrat-only Congress. Midterms are coming up. Um, so... If anything, you can preview as to next steps on the congressional front. That would be great. I mean, as you can imagine and as you have heard, there is a lot of conversation that is happening right now in, in saying that this crisis in, uh, in Europe and the crisis our allies are facing and the reduction of supply of uh, natural gas and oil from Russia creates a moment that we should be acting. I mean, we heard President Zelensky we do not want to see uh, any country that is held hostage to Vladimir Putin. And this is a moment for Congress to be able to act. There can be a compromise. There can be movement on this. Um, and whether it's, you know, I mean, what the form is and who sponsors are and all of that, that's, a, that's a, a conversation that's happening. But the bottom line is this is a moment. 
to have this happen. It's an urgent moment. An urgent moment to transition to clean energy. <clears throat> that is cynical at its uh, <clears throat> at its worst. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the this administration is not afraid to use literally anything that happens as a, an obvious mandate for their own personal policy preferences. Right. Putin invaded Ukraine. Obviously, that means we all need to switch to electric cars. Obviously, that means we need to uh, address racism. Obviously, that means that we need to, you know, whatever it is, right. like, that they wanted to do anyway. They, it, that clearly, like, Putin invading Ukraine means that, just like COVID meant that. Obviously, this means we need to deal with the urgent public health threat of climate change the same way we dealt with COVID. Like, everything that happens means that they have to do what they wanted to do anyway. And it's why progressive politics is so divisive for the country. And this was the Obama thing, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it saying that, okay, you see the wildfires? We need more cap-and-trade stuff. See the seas rising? More cap-and-trade? That means you need to do this, need to do that. Obama used to conflate illegal immigration with immigration. He used to talk about Nikola Tesla. What do we do without Tesla? You know, mm-hmm. um, and like this saying, this is a perfect opportunity to transition. You know, Americans hear that and they say, God damn it, how the freak are you doing this at a time when the existential problem is the problem, not your shortcuts to getting your uh, pie-in-the-sky agenda items done. Right. And when Americans see that, they step on you and say, oh, stop it. You're just sick of the neighborhood you lived in is getting darker. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, why are these Trump fans so pent-up angry at things? <laughs> I don't understand. But really, they are such agitators, such dividers. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Like, you're... To say, shouldn't we right now be energy independent, will get a retort that is a verdict on your character. Mm-hmm. And it's a classless one. It's a trash one. It's a stupid one. It's boorish. You know, you never... It's always a personal attack. And I mean, it, it just it sows incredible discord and Oftentimes, and I've noticed this with other debates that they have, like any time... You know, there's a mass shooting or something and they want to ban guns. If you say you don't think we should ban guns, then it's about, um, you know, compensating for your masculine qualities. Right, Right. Right. And it's the same thing with the cars. Right. How many posts have you seen from progressives recently about how cars have gotten too big? Look at this truck. It's too large. It mm-hmm. goes up to my shoulder. And like I saw one today where somebody was like comparing a pickup truck now to like a 2020 pickup truck that ha- that's like a two door little truck with mm-hmm. like 5000 pound towing capacity. And they're like, why would you need this big? Mo-? 20 years ago, we drove these and we were happy. Like it's. Well, that's, uh, and, that's, and again, it's like the you're just compensating for something, teehee. Right, and that's that's pointing to the the repeated exercise for progressives to go back to a composite of those who have um, differences with you. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, of course, he's a bro dude with a huge pickup who probably has a gun rack in the back and shoots innocent deer while beating his wife especially hard during the Super Bowl because he's a pig. <laughs> of course. Of course. But it's funny that you bring that up, like the composites people have, like their imagined versions of America and of Americans, because, and it's really funny, there's this new YouGov poll that's out where they asked people like what they think the percents of different type of people are in the country. And people are wildly, wildly wrong. Here we go. So... 
Um, they asked people, what percent of Americans do you think have a household income? This is adult Americans. So mm-hmm. what percent of American adults have a household income over a million dollars? You're asking me? Income, yes. Uh, one? Uh, it's close. It's le- it's enough that it's zero. It's right. like clo- okay. less than one. Uh, the, but the average that people guessed was 20%. <laughs> uh, what percent of people would you say are tra- adult Americans are transgender? I would say one um, percent. You would be correct. Uh, and the American people guessed uh, an average of twenty-one percent transgender. They think one out of every five people is transgender. Um, what about what percent of people are Muslim in the United States? I will say thirteen percent. You would be incorrect on that. It is one percent, but really? the average that people guessed was twenty-seven uh, percent. Oh, wow. Uh, what percent of people would you say are Jewish in the United States? Six percent. Uh, close. Two percent. Hmm. Uh, people guess 30 percent. So they think uh, America is 57 percent Jewish or Muslim hmm. and 43 percent everything else. Um, what percent of Americans do you think live in New York City? It is 3 percent of the country lives it in New York City. It is 3 percent of the country lives in New York City. People felt that that was 30 percent. <laughs> What percent would you say lives in California? I'm glad you mentioned that because what is four percent? No, it's actually twelve percent, which is higher oh. than I might have guessed. But it's people guessed an average of thirty-two percent, mm-hmm. and they also thought thirty percent of people lived in Texas. So they think over ninety percent of the country lives in New York, Texas, and California, um, which I guess makes sense if you like only see TV and movies, right? Seems right. seems about right. But again, like same thing. They think thirty percent of people are gay. They think right. um, you know, what are some of the other good ones? They think forty one percent of people are black. Right. I mean, it goes on and on. But it's just funny because we do like I feel that we do have a very kind of like diverse and representative society and we do like see and hear a lot of these stories in media and on TV is such that people think that these minority groups are like a way bigger percentage of the population than they actually are. Well, I mean, isn't it total just confirmation bias? Isn't that what people want the stats, want the facts or perceived facts that work in favor of their general worldview? So, so if you want to say, if you're a white middle class, upper middle class person mm-hmm. um, who, who wants to believe that there is wall to wall racism, you go on Twitter and ever since 2017, all of the, the, the police, Michael Brown and this and that. You see, look at the cops killing black. It's all happening everywhere, happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there's they get so sated and so um, and so uh, high off of the reinforcement of what they're what they're right. hoping will be right that they never bother to look. Never bother to look at the real stats. The real mm-hmm. stats are a down, downer and don't play into it. And I've had certainly a you know, loud arguments where people saying, people said, uh, you know, uh, p- c- police are killing black people in the streets. And I said something like, it's like an, at an all time low for like 50 years. <gasps> are you kidding me? You haven't looked, have you not seen what's going on? It's like seen what's going on. What in your Twitter stream <laughs> on CNN, that particular thing that I, uh, that head to head that I got into that time ended with a guy demanding to know what college I went to. And I said, I didn't, I didn't go. And he said, oh, well, great. Well, I think well, we know the truth now. So, All <laughs> right. Okay. I think you've been pretty upfront about that. Well, I understand that. But this idea that if I don't, 
if I don't agree with him, then my amount of education is important. If I do agree with him, then I'm just right. Right. Institutionalized education. Anyway, it's just... It's... Yeah, do you remember that, actually? What were you arguing with somebody about on Facebook, and they went and sneakily looked at your page and discovered that you used to be a concierge? Mm-hmm. And, like... I. It was something totally unrelated. It was, it was like, like a, about was, property taxes or something. Right, or like um or Indian logos for high schools or something. Yeah, and they were like, Well, what would you know about it, Mr. Former Concierge at the Omni Parker House? <laughs> As though they imagine? had made some like winning chess move. Ha ha. <laughs> Can you imagine? Jesus Ah, people are stupid. That's fine. That's fine. It's all good. It's all good. How you doing, Allie B? I am pretty good. Oh, I do have some uh, Biden audio for us. So we established a new civil rights, a new civil rights cause of action for those whose intimate images were shared on the public screen. How many times have you heard? I bet everybody knows somebody somewhere along the line that in an intimate relationship, what happened was the guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend or whatever in a compromising position. Naked friend. In a compromising and then, position. Literally, in a sense, blackmails or, or, or mortifies that person. Send it out. Put it online. He should not be um, <laughs> saying things like this. They should, should not. They should just not let him ever go off script because yeah. it's a bad. I'm sure we all know somebody who's blackmailed somebody with the picture of them in a compromising position. Like, what? You no, can't be don't. Hunter Biden's father and say this stuff. Of course with not. With a straight face. There are naked young ladies who he's blasting rails of coke off on his laptop. It's like, really? It's pretty bad. Uh-huh. All right, homie. Okay. We'll let Tom go back to his bed where he can lie down and hopefully feel better tomorrow. Um, We'll be back in Massachusetts soon. I think for our next Sunday show, we'll be back in Mass, I believe. Um, So we'll see you then. Until then, uh, or after tomorrow, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast.com. We're also Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com and all the places you like to listen to podcasts. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.